Ben Seidensticker, your host today. Uh, welcome to Uncommon Council, our podcast about the Madison Common Council meetings. Uh, it's going to be a summary of those, commentary, discussion, and of course, digression, because we can't help it. I'm going to introduce my co-host for today. First, I want to introduce Claire Campbell. Hello! Claire, uh, you today are going to be playing the role for us of the naive outsider who has not watched the most recent Common That's Council right. meeting on I'm, November 16th. I'm a naive baby in the woods. I know nothing. She is a naive babe. Uh, Claire, is there anything else you want to tell the audience about yourself? Um, I have listened to a few Common Council pod or not podcasts. I've listened to, well, yeah, actually, I've listened to the podcast a couple times, and they are a slog. I'm excited that we're able to distill it into something a little more palatable. Great. Thanks, Claire. Uh, and I want to introduce my other co-host, Sam. Hello. So, Sam West, uh, do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? You were, I will say first about you, you are not playing the naive role, and you are, uh, you've seen and listened to quite a bit of the Common Council meetings. Yeah, I've tried to listen and follow Common Council meetings to try and figure out what's going on, which is a endless journey of understanding the different rules and procedures. Sam's our Common Council wizard. If I'm the naive baby, he's our wizard. Right. We are on a quest. We have a, a baby, a wizard, and uh, someone who has been drinking a lot of coffee. Uh, that's me. Uh, I also want to say about Sam, I think Common Council Podcasts made it into your wedding vows twice, right? They uh, they came up shockingly, a shocking number of times. <laughs> More than zero. Yeah. So. <laughs> once in my vows, once in my wife's vows, and now I'm here because... Part of the vows was not talking about common counsel too much with my wife. Right, so he needs to talk about it with every other person who is not his wife. Yes. So, <laughs> who I guess can't listen to our podcast now, which was an oversight on our part. Well, we can play it in the car when she's napping. Good, good. Or if she needs something to fall asleep to. But hopefully no one listening falls asleep to this. <laughs> Except Katie. Except Katie. Those sound like great compromise and conflict resolution skills, things that could be passed along to our common council members. All right. Uh, so this is the very first episode of our podcast. We're very excited for that. We're also uh, very aware that we probably have a lot to change and a lot to learn. So you may see things change as we go in future episodes. Might not resemble this one in any way, shape, or form, but it'll still be us. And we'll still be talking about the Madison Common Council meetings. I want to uh, just go off a little bit and talk uh, because I, I feel entitled to that and go over a few principles that I, we're going to use as guiding principles for this podcast when we make a big decision about it, when we are challenging each other about it, and you know, occasionally when they're trying to force me out of the podcast, we may need to add a new principle, uh, but we are going to use these to make decisions uh, and, and guide those. The first principle I want to go over is embrace admitting ignorance. I think a lot of the world is kind of screwed up because people don't know things, which is very normal and natural, and they do not admit it, and that causes lots of other problems, which is hilarious in a sitcom, but very annoying in real life and leads to problems. The second principle, which is related, is I want to challenge everyone to operate at the boundary of your capability. 
So that means when you're trying to understand what's going on, really pushing yourself, not staying in safe territory, uh, being clear about what you do and don't know, but also pushing to really understand things, research things, understand the truth behind something. So it's different than being promoted to the level of your ignorance. <laughs> promoted to the level of your ignorance. I think usually you get promoted one level past your competence, is how it works. All right, so we're trying to stay at the level before the right. promotion. <laughs> we want to perhaps get promoted beyond to our level of incompetence, then get demoted yeah. back to our level of competence. <laughs> And then we are in a beautiful place. So we're in a pre-Peter Principle of this. Yes. We're going to... <laughs> thank you for giving credit where credit is due, Sam. <laughs> as we mangle people's uh, principles there. Sometimes we'll post Peter Principle it. Yes. The, I guess we have to add a sixth principle of the Peter Principle now. Um, this is our related principles. Whew. All right. The next principle. This is number three on our list because I know it's been confusing so far. We're going to empower people with every opportunity we can. If we can list a resource or an opportunity for you to get more involved, we'll do that. Uh, part of the reason we wanna be here is that we want to people to understand this. Uh, something else we're gonna do, we're gonna assume good intent. Uh, this is actually something that came up in the most recent Common Council meeting quite a bit, but I think it's a great idea that it's really easy to get very upset and when you just assume that other people are being paranoid or when you assume people who disagree with you are being paranoid. We're going to assume good intent and it may make things more confusing and harder to understand because the obvious explanation is they are being nefarious, but we're going to try to figure out what their, their perspective is. And then the final thing, we are going to make some jokes on this podcast. Are both my co-hosts aware that we're going to make jokes? I'm seeing a lot of a panicked <laughs> look from Claire. Oh my god! Uh, that was news to Claire, uh, so she is playing her naive role very well. Uh, Sam, are you aware we're going to make jokes? I'll try my best. So, uh, knowing that we're going to make jokes, the principle we want to apply with that is never to punch down. I have found that that's not a universal term that is obvious to everybody. The idea in a comedy setting of not punching down is that you're not... You're, you're punching up instead. You're punching at the people with power, authority, privilege in society... You're not punching down on people who don't. Uh, one topic that the Common Council talks about pretty frequently is homelessness. Uh, the people who are who don't have homes, they are not the people being mocked or made fun of. It's It needs to be the people, maybe elected officials, maybe people in power, maybe people with businesses at stake, people who make themselves part of the public discourse by calling in to a Common Council meeting and voicing their opinion there. Those are the people that are targets for potential mocking and chiding. That's the way we bring people into line in a civilized society. We uh, point out the inconsistencies in their behavior with jokes. All right, enough analysis for me. That goes over some of the principles that are going to guide this podcast. Now I'm going to turn things over to each of my hosts and explain why do we need something like this? Why should this podcast exist? Hopefully you don't persuade me it shouldn't because then we'll have to end early. Uh, first, I want to uh, go to you, Claire. Why should this podcast exist? Well, as I said in my intro, I have a hard time getting through those regular Common Council podcasts. So I'm excited to to be part of something where it's yeah more palatable. It's a little easier to consume in one sitting instead of three sittings, uh, and. And yeah, has maybe has a little more lighthearted fun to it. That's something that the Common Council needs, more lighthearted fun. 
I would like to see that. I want to see a birthday party atmosphere. I want to see them all go out for drinks. I'm yeah. not sure if they do, and if that would solve things. <laughs> that would that would violate the open meeting laws, sadly. Oh, oh really? But yeah. Alas, is there a no alcohol? No, they can't. They can't meet in public, or they can't meet oh. in private. They can't meet in private. There's a limit on the number, or. I might be making stuff up at this point. They just couldn't talk about business, right? Couldn't talk about business. Yeah. Cause I've, I've, they've got to have a cookout or a barbecue or something, right? Where they all get together. Yeah. I'm taking back my statement. It depends on if one of them is a social butterfly, right? Because if, if none of them, if, if there isn't a single person who's like the organizer, maybe it doesn't happen. <laughs> Who do you think is the most social of the Alders, Sam? <laughs> Alder Bennett, obviously. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Barty Animal, yeah. <laughs> Uh, great. Uh, thank you, Claire. I am excited. We're going to bring parties to the Common Council and make it fun. Uh, Sam, why does this podcast need to exist? I think, uh, the pod, the, not the podcast. Well, if you listen to the Common Council meetings, you can be a podcast one. But those meetings can range from two hours to eight hours, and often the information's really hard to digest, and most of it is just order of business. But there's little nuggets of interesting drama between different elders, uh, as well as information that really affects us as people who live in Madison. So, and that's hopefully can, some of that can come out in this podcast, along with some good humor. <laughs> some good, healthy humor. That's what I'm hearing. So I'm glad that y'all are on board for jokes, because that will be <laughs> happening, no matter how surprised you were that that was going to happen. Uh, that was the sound of Claire panicking. Um Great. Thank you, Sam. I am also excited to make things more accessible to people. When I first started listening to some of the Common Council meetings, I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I am, uh, we'll, we'll say narcissistic enough to think that uh, if I have no idea what's going on, probably a lot of other people don't have any idea what's going on either. And I'm going to need to put in a lot of work to understand better and to keep learning. I probably still have a lot of learning to go. But we're going to figure out what's going on and help people understand it and get involved and maybe make it better in the process. We'll see. Uh, thank you for explaining why we need something like this. I've decided we can keep going. Oh, so good. That's good. Wow. We made it, guys. We did it. Okay. Uh, next is a segment. We'll see how long the segment goes uh, or if we have other people we can talk to later. Maybe you want to meet more. But the first segment is called Know Your Alder. So I'm going to challenge my host. Uh, who is your alder? Uh, first, uh, Claire, who's your alder? Oh, good question, Ben. Uh, my alder is Captain Crunch. I don't know. I don't know who my Captain alder is. Crunch. So yeah. does this Captain Crunch? Oh, actually, do you know what Captain Crunch always votes? <laughs> uh, no. What? I. <laughs> he always votes I. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Yep, these are just a. Uh, just a yay-sayer, always. Uh, no, I don't know who my elder is. Uh, okay, that's that's totally fine. And I happen to know that's because you recently moved. Yeah, that's that's a reason. <laughs> who was your elder before you moved? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no defense for that. Yeah. Uh, I lived there for three years. Like, I should know. <laughs> it is important to know who your alder is. And uh, all of you can find out. There are nice tools on the Madison City Council website to look up who your current alder is. So you can get to know them, what they're doing, before uh, you end up having to vote for them while you're trying to vote for something like president. Okay, cool. Uh, Sam, who's your alder? Alder, figure out. 
Figueroa Cole. Figueroa, oh crap, oh this is going to be terrible. Figueroa Cole. That's okay, we're at, uh, you're, yeah, you, I think you ended up on it, but we're also always admitting our ignorance and our room for growth. You knew a name, which is better than me, so. And you, that's how you know you're operating the boundary of your capability. (laughs) You are, when you are slightly messing something up. Okay, tell us about Alder Figueroa Cole. She is a first time Alder. Yay. Um. She has definitely learned a lot listening in on the, the meetings. She's grown over time, learned procedures, learned processes, and starting to become more voice in the Common Council. Oh, that's great. So it, it sounds like you're kind of rooting for, like, it's like a rebuilding year for her. Yes. Yeah, okay. First year, you know, it's yeah. tough to be a new older. Right. And she's doing a good job, right? in my opinion. Cool. Sounds like she put in the work before running, you know, like listening to the podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Listen to this podcast, maybe. Yeah, hey. Yeah. <laughs> she went back in time. Yeah. Or forward in time. How am I calling? I need to run because Sam said I got elected. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take credit for that. And then she Good taught job, you man. how to say her name. We missed that detail. Yeah. Next week. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, my name's Ben. Uh, I, I do know who my alder is. Michael Verveer? I think that's how you say it. It's interesting when you read somebody's name a lot. Um, I guess I've been hearing Alder Revere. Yeah, that sounds right. It it feels good on my tongue to say that. One more time. Mm, I, yeah, I shouldn't. We'll, we'll wait on that. Uh, so what I know about Alder Revere, I was looking it up. Uh, he recently sponsored a marijuana legalization bill. Cool. I think. Um, that was last year, I believe. So he, the reasons, or I think he co-sponsored it. But uh, the reasons he said was because he felt like uh, really after George Floyd, some of the Black Lives Matter protests, that it was very obvious that that was at least one area where we could just get rid of something that is causing injustice. Maybe it's not everything that's causing injustice, but one thing is inappropriately fining or imprisoning people. The current Madison laws, they uh, basically have decriminalized it but you still can get fined heavily so it's still not fair to people who are impoverished also those cbd stores are all holding their collective breath (laughs) yes have been doing so since they opened they've been scaling up ready to uh jump yeah right over into new lines of business i also i noticed that he like i was finding news articles like a decade ago he had like criminal investigations into him some of his roles, like this is an Isthmus article that I found, I'll link out to the article, but basically it was some kind of shenanigans that he was up to at the DA. Whoops. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well, so it was an investigation. The investigation came up that he was not guilty, Hmm. so, or not, there was no, or not guilty sounds like, I think that would be more like a, a legal courtroom environment. There was no cause for... He did no wrong, is what I think the investigation said. Or, like, there was no uh, inappropriate conduct. Hmm. But basically, the investigation was trying to determine if some of the times when he went lenient on people and was was getting or working towards having people's sentences reduced, if he was getting any kickbacks for that. But I I mean, that, that seems to come across to me as some intellectual consistency of he doesn't think the sentences should be as harsh. Right. As they are now, so. I don't 
that's what I know about my older right cool. now. And I'm looking forward to continuing to monitor his progress. All right, uh, moving on. The next segment is a segment I will call Don't Play This Drinking Game. So we are telling you not to open up YouTube, find the most recent Common Council, and play this drinking game while watching it. We're telling you not to do that because you might die. Um, so that, that is what I'm challenging my co-host my to come up with. So Claire, we'll have you start. I've got a good one. Okay, what, what is it? So uh, do not drink every time that a caller just takes our mayor to the chopping block and then she has to say in a defeated but polite voice, thank you. <laughs> So it's not the it's not the action of the caller in this case. No, no, no. It's Satya. It's okay. Satya saying thank you after someone just vilifying her <laughs> for their entire speaking uh, time. Very underappreciated skill, Satya. Oh man, <laughs> she really she she can take it, guys. She can take a punch. She yeah. can take a punch. Okay, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, yeah, that seems very dangerous. All right, Sam, uh, what drinking game should we not play, especially for the most recent Common Council meeting? This one is, if you've never listened to a Common Council meeting and you're thinking of what's a word that's not used very often that I could play a drinking game to and not have to drink much, and that word is whereas. Because <laughs> <laughs> if whereas happens to be your word, you will be drunk very fast. <laughs> Probably in the first 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's that's usually where they're needing to do that in that segment of the, the meeting. Do you know the origins behind that, Sam? I do not. That is one thing I'd be interested in finding out. Why do we do whereas? So, so I did a bit of looking into this, because I am similarly confused on it. So it is a Robert's Rules of Order thing. It is each paragraph uh, in a certain context. That part I, I didn't get far enough into. Uh, but it, each paragraph has to start with the word whereas. So it is admitted into the record or something like it's that. It's something that they're required to say. It's not something that they're all saying to sound smarter and more alder-y. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I had the same gut feeling too. I was like, do they think that makes them sound smarter? It does not. <laughs> I would like to see them use whereas more just in discussion and debate. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. we're into normal questions and discussion. Whereas, it would be interesting if the alders just used whereas more commonly. <laughs> whereas, I don't know, that might just make it seem more formal. Mm -hmm. Whereas. You sounded a lot smarter just now when you started saying that whereas word. So how you get it established as a, an authority. Yeah. A figure that, of authority. That big uh, poofy white wig is helping too. Right, and all the, uh, the giant chair you dragged in here. Yeah. Saying? Yeah, did he had to bring it through the uh, through the balcony. It wouldn't fit through the door. Yeah, he brought in the giant chair and sat behind it with his powdery wig, like Claire said. Taking my notes with my quill. <laughs> right, with your quill. Uh, and you're like, hey, can I refill my ink bottle? And we're like, no. No, we don't keep one of those around here. That's fine. I'll grind it. I brought my things. Yeah, so Sam has been grinding ink uh, recently here. Well, what we're talking, we're talking, okay, so don't play that drinking game, no. is what we're trying to say. Uh, definitely don't play the whereas drinking game. That goes for everything. It is something in the Robert's Rules of Order. We promise to look it up later and figure it out for you. We'll see if that happens. Okay. Um, uh, oh, yeah. My suggestion for a 
don't play this drinking game. Uh, this is Ben here. I'm going to say it is when <laughs> there is a, uh, a, a chained referral <laughs> uh, during this meeting. <laughs> it, that would uh, be a good idea to not drink every single time that happens. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's a technical term for it, but when they're in the middle of talking about one motion to refer to a, another meeting, they propose another motion to refer to a different meeting ah. or to counter the previous motion. Um, so they ended up several stack levels deep uh, in the meetings a few different times to Satya's uh, consternation. Actually, I think it sent her into giggling fits a couple times. She, I, I think when you are familiar enough with Robin's Rule of Order, it becomes very funny to you when the rules no. are violated. Maybe she was playing your drinking game. Maybe she was <laughs> playing the drinking game. I like that idea. That would also make it... I don't know whether that would make it easier or harder for her to resist all the times people call her a fascist. <laughs> Which she is... We are not saying that she is one, but... She's probably not one. Well, you're right. We should, you know, be humble and recognize things that we can't really truly know ever about another person. Okay, uh, just looking at time, I should move us along here. Uh, the next segment is uh, just I'm going to have a chance to give my co-hosts uh, time to bring up any topic they want to talk about. Um, this is something you're welcome to demand at any point during the podcast too. I put the agenda together, what we're talking about, so it's only fair if you guys get uh, we'll say exactly one minute time to, to yourselves on a topic of your choosing when you request it. Uh, Claire, is there anything you wanted to um, have have the floor for right now? Uh, yes. You know what? I believe I will okay. captivate you with my uh, my thoughts. You're starting now. Great. Uh, the website for the Common Council is atrocious, and as a web developer, I cannot abide it. Uh, I think it is very difficult to figure out how to call in, where to call in, uh, how to find all of the things that people are talking about. Um, if they had a new website that looked better and was easier to use and was better formatted, it might be more likely, it might make it more likely for people to participate, is what I have to say about websites. How am I doing on time? I seed the rest of my time. All right, Claire, Claire yields her time. Excellent, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to... You looked like you wanted a response or confirmation, and I, I was not throwing you any... Oh, no, you're right. Th yeah. That was just my, my soapbox, and now I'm off of it. <laughs> Great, yeah, you, you soapbox well. Uh, Sam, I will put the same question to you. Is there anything you wanted to go off about now? Well, we're going to cover this topic later in discussion on the Common Council Executive Subcommittee? Discussion later? The Common Council Executive Committee? CCEC? Yeah, rolls off the tongue. CCC. Are you cheating right now, or do you want me to start your time? No, no, wait. Oh, I'm just going anyways. But okay. I'm excited to talk about some... Uh, a little bit of... A, a moment of healing we almost saw between a couple elders, which I don't think quite came to fruition. So... But I'm excited to talk about that later. Ooh. Yeah. A tease. Okay. Stay uh, tuned. Now we're, we're all learning how this time can be used. It can be used to tease, like many things in the <laughs> world. Okay, uh, next segment. I want to highlight some City of Madison resources. So if you go, uh, the resource that I want to highlight today, there are actually many maps that are made available on the City of Madison website, but the one I want to highlight today is the redistricting map. So 
this happened before we started our podcast, but back in November, the Madison Common Council decided to uh, make some changes to some of the districts uh, long overdue because the demographics of our city has probably changed uh, over time here. So those got approved uh, back in November and will take effect with the new spring election. Uh, but uh, you can pull up a map on the City of Madison website. We'll link to that in our resources for the episode and make that easy for you to find. But you can go on that map and explore, layer a couple things over it, like where are the polling places for my district. Um, there are other ways you can find that information out for, your, out for yourself, but it's interesting to see it visualized on an interactive map. So really cool resource there. And unlike cool. their website, it's pretty easy to use and kind of fun. Ah, so it has the web developer stamp of approval That's right. Okay, that's a, a good to know. I am also just a nut about maps, so it's hard to disappoint me there. Okay, you map nut? Yeah. Um, that's my one of my new insults that will go into my uh, catalog of insults. <laughs> map nut. You. Yeah. I demand a duel. Okay, uh, I, I see <laughs> to you. You can have all the honor in this situation. Okay, uh, we're done highlighting that resource for this uh, episode. Next is another segment that I'm going to call Wrong Answers Only. Claire, you are definitely allowed to participate. You might even have an advantage. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to challenge my two co-hosts. I'm not going to be participating in this game because somebody has to um, be the, the judge here. Um, you know, I'm going to make Sam get down from his giant ledge and, and put off, take off the wig, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. put the gavel down, stop threatening people with it, um, and I'm going to line up the two of you. All right, your wrong answers only challenge is, what is Legistar? All can, right. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> uh, you are allowed to use it in a sentence as you're giving me wrong answers only uh -huh, if you uh -huh. want, but uh, I am not going to do that for you. Uh, can I have the origin of the word, please? Uh, Legistar is uh, from uh, Elvish, actually, so oh, J.R. Tolkien invented the word, so I'll, I'll give you that as a freebie. Perfect, perfect. Alright, so wrong answers only. Claire, you're going to start. What is Legistar? Uh, Legistar is the name of Legolas's mother. That makes perfect sense with the origin of the word. Mm -hmm. Sam, wrong answers only. What is Legistar? Legistar is a stone that is in Town Hall where they put all the papers and meeting notes from every meeting that's ever happened within the common council. Mm. On the stone, they carve it into the stone? They carve it into the stone. I never knew that. All right, Claire, wrong answers only. What is Legistar? Uh, Legistar is a, um, a prize that is given out. Um, if an alder uh, uses whereas the most times, they get the Legistar. Oh, okay. That that explains some of their behavior. Uh, Sam, wrong answers only. What is Legistar? Legistar is the gavel they use to start meetings and close meetings, which, interestingly enough, only the elected mayor is able to lift up. <laughs> That's how they prove they're the mayor? They're ready to be mayor? Yeah, so there's actually a little bit of a controversy in the last election, and the failing mayor tried to lift it up and couldn't. Sodwin. Oh, man. Wow. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, Claire, wrong answer is only. What is Legistar? Uh, Legistar is um, Legistar is a dream that comes but once a decade uh, to the current sitting mayor. Um, they say, I've had the Legistar, and it tells them everything that they need to know about guiding the city. 
<laughs> See, I, that does make sense because nothing gets done in these meetings, so the direction has to come from somewhere. Right. So, yeah. All right, Sam, wrong answer is on What is Legistar? Leg, Legistar is actually being mispronounced by both of you, and it's actually Leg Eye Stare. <laughs> leg Eye Stare is when your leg just looks like it's staring at someone else in kind of in a weird manner. Huh. Okay, I thought you were saying it's like, like those... That, that sexy lamp in A Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. Like a star with really sexy legs. Well, I think that actually was the first leg I stared because it always looks like it's staring at you out that window. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, uh, I declare the winner of the first wrong answers only competition to be uh, Sam, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially for the Excalibur <laughs> of uh, the gavels there. Um, that, it makes a lot of sense. I Sometimes I... And confused about how we choose mayors for the job, but that makes way more sense. Okay, that brings us to our general topic. So we're gonna do a rundown of the meeting itself. Wait, are you gonna tell us what Legistar is? Oh, do you we want, get the right answer? You want right answers? I mean, That's weird. Okay, Claire, because Claire's demanding it, we can insert a new segment of right answers only. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, so Legistar is, it's kind of like a. Uh, Kind of like a document management system for them. I guess that's kind of like a little bit of a technical jargony thing too. But um, yeah, I guess it's like it's like Slack for governing bodies, but but hmm. bad, like not impressive. Of course. But you, as the member of the public, can access parts of it. Uh, you can link to documents on the agenda. They're going to be stored in this Legistar, you know, I don't know, product website, web portal, whatever you want to call it, but. All the agenda items are going to be an entry in Legistar, and then they can have uh, updates on those as they refer them to different committees and back to the Common Council, and then go back to committee or whatever. Mm -hmm. You get the whole history there. You can have uh, PDF documents, presentations, slides, the, the staff prepared. It's a great way for you to do some of your own research. You really want to get to whatever the Legistar entry is for your item, then you're going to be very empowered. So again, going back to that principle of empowering people. Sam, you look like you had something to say. I, I think when Claire was criticizing the city website, I think part of her criticism was Legistar I well. was just thinking that too. I was like, oh, so the reason that their website is bad is because it's a website and also a third-party integration. <laughs> right. They probably don't have full control over it. Probably other cities use it. I'll just speculate there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's some things that they don't have full agency over. So if you want to formally apologize, you can do that, Claire, right now. No, I don't that's think fine. I'd like to. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> apologies are never something you have to do. Uh, great. So we, if nobody else has any uh, wild demands for me to add segments in the middle of the show, uh, we will move on to general topics, and we'll do a, a summary of what was talked about, but also launch into some discussion. So... First, uh, the, the first part of any common council meeting is actually the honoring resolution section. So, uh, Sam, do you want to explain, like, why is this here? Like, why do we do this? You have too much faith in me, Ben. I have too much faith in you? I, this is one thing I've never fully understood. <laughs> yeah. Um, I understand we want to honor people, we want to honor organizations <laughs> in the city, but sometimes those honoring resolutions will last half hour or an hour and it's you know when you have people commenting in for specific agenda items that's a lot of time for me to wait to see is that the best way for us to honor someone by taking up a ton of time in an already long meeting ah and by making them be the thing that because this happens before public early public comments so this is like 
the thing that a whole bunch of people are listening to and they're annoyed about, right? They are all forced to listen to it, though, so that's good. It, 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 yeah, it's a difficult thing because the things that they honor are things we should be knowing about, respecting, and yeah. you know about and learn about. But singing telegrams—that's how they should do it. <laughs> Send a singing telegram to every house in the city, honoring. Whoever should be honored that week. And these are also where the whereas clause. These are the whereas clause. So, so singing telegram would get very repetitive with yeah. whereas. <laughs> whereas. It's not. We don't honor with a nice speech. We honor with the number of whereases. Mm-hmm. You hases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually we had one written by Dr. Seuss. Yeah. That. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so thank you for, for helping me understand that a little bit better, Sam. That that does make sense. We have to do it somewhere, and it does fit at the beginning of that meeting. It happens, I mean, importantly, before the early public comments. So it's just one of the very first things, as always, we run through these topics we want to recognize. Uh, some of the big highlights from this, uh, the again, this is the November 16th Common Council meeting for Madison. So 1126, so that should, uh, potentially it's in the past for you. Maybe it's in the future for us, but if you time travel, like Claire has suggested already, uh, that, that could be any point in the timeline for you, uh, or any branching timeline that you participate in, but... The year is 2021, for The reference. year is 2021, that we are recording this. Yes. Uh, November 26th is Ho-Chunk Day, so, uh, like Sam alluded to, a lot of things we should be, um, you know, respectful of and, and recognizing, so there's a, some nice, uh, recognition of, of really some of the, the history of, not appropriately dealing with indigenous cultures in Madison or Wisconsin, but Madison included in that, but also some of the history of how people tried to make redresses for that since then. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that, that was one item that uh, one honoring resolution from this, uh, common council meeting. The other was the 16 days to end gender violence. So this is something you could participate in. So, I wrote down when it ends, so it ends on December 10th. I'm going to try and do math live here. So, um, no, yeah, Claire's panicking because it says that uh, there's an event on December 11th, but that's actually true. <laughs> the big event that people can participate in actually happens after the 16 days. So, huh. 16 days goes by, and then the next day, they're inviting you to join a march. So, that, that is something we want people to be aware of, so that you can go and participate in that. And ending gender-based violence is something all of us can get behind. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any debate there. The march is going to be called the Orange Umbrella Brigade, so you're invited to wear orange. I assume if you have an orange umbrella, you should not pass up the chance to bring your orange umbrella. Uh, so wear some kind of orange and meet at uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard and the Capitol, so where that meets the Capitol. So there's like a Starbucks there, there's that weird bull cafe, El Toro or something, at that, that corner. Hmm. I don't know about the Bull Cafe. <laughs> am I am I getting the right the right intersection there? I think so. What's MLK in the Capitol? Yeah. yeah. When I get to the Capitol, it's just you go around a circle until you find what you need. Yeah. Or until you drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes if it's the farmers market day, yeah. you just get lost. You're just you go in stuck. circles. Yeah. Until, yeah. Move. So if you don't know which intersection it is, go to the Capitol and go around a circle so you see a lot of people wearing orange. With umbrellas, perhaps? Some, At least one should have an umbrella. Yeah. Whoever's idea was to call this the 
orange umbrella brigade better have an orange umbrella Somebody... they've just been waiting for this excuse they're like i have an orange umbrella i have an orange umbrella <laughs> like two two people who have an orange umbrella and that's how it starts. oh my god so actually yeah you can Wait, make a big difference in the world is is there a re- like do we know why it is orange umbrella is that like a reference to something specifically it probably is i didn't do the research on that so the group that is coordinating this. This is not just a Madison thing. So this is a way you can participate and be connected to all over the country, other cities. Well, so do your homework before you go. Figure out why it's an orange umbrella. Yeah, zonta.org. So www.zonta.org. That that organization. Uh, they are the coordinating organization, to my understanding. So we'll link to their website and the resources as well. But that's something you can get involved with. We want to call those things out when we come across them for you. Um, great. I don't have anything else to say about honoring resolutions. We're going to move on to early public comment. Uh, we didn't have any this time. Um, Sam, do you want to explain for our audience what early public comment is used for? Sure. Early public comment is a period of time before um, the Common Council discusses the rest of the agenda, where the public can comment on other agenda topics at the beginning. So the idea with this is if you want to participate in discussion on an agenda item, but you've got some other work or childcare or other commitment, you don't have to wait around for that agenda item to come up and you can just get your comment in at the very beginning. So. Did they say why they didn't have it this time? I think no one signed up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, they didn't have anything where other people had stuff to say. The, I will say, not to spoil anything, but most of the topics were the Common Council talking about how the Common Council operates. Um, <laughs> so, uh, not a lot for others to say necessarily there. Uh, thanks, that's a great explanation. And uh, another way that you can get involved if you, if the normal, or if just waiting around for the entire Common Council meeting is not convenient for you. Uh, the next thing is uh, approving the consent agenda. So. I uh, was going to talk a bit about this process. I think just looking at time, I'll skip past it. Uh, does everybody, um, any objections to me skipping past the consent agenda here? You have my consent. You have, I have your consent to skip past the consent Whereas agenda. we are trying to keep to a time limit, I also consent. Okay. Uh, everybody, uh, there are no objections to moving past the consent agenda, so we will uh, revisit that topic at another time. Okay. Um, Next, I want to talk about low-cost student housing. This was something we talked about for a bit during this meeting. Well, we didn't, but we as a city, our representatives, talked on our behalf. Uh, I'm sure Michael Berbeer, or Alder Berbeer, um, I guess I'm his employer. I can call him whatever I want, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, they all, all talked about this a bit. So, uh, I guess just in general, what is this proposal? Sam, do you know enough to explain to the audience what, what the proposal is? At, at a high level, I think it's they're doing some development downtown okay. um, near the University of Wisconsin, and they've entered an agreement with the University of Wisconsin where they will prefer students who would qualify for low-income housing. Okay. And this developer has agreed to set aside a percentage of their units so these students could rent them at a more affordable cost. Gotcha. Okay. So that makes sense. Uh, I think some of the details there, just to put things in perspective for folks, uh, look like their average cost for the students that qualify was going to end up being like $560, the latest version of the proposal that they were putting out there, which was, it looked like 
less than half or about half of what the average was for at least certain kinds of units before that. So I, I think uh, I'm not getting any challenges from the group here. Yeah, uh, according to a chart that uh, we were able to find that was presented in the meeting, I believe, uh, the upper range is 1200 bucks for rent. Lower range is about 610. Average is 740. Yeah, the, the developer provided uh, one of the documents in Legistar <laughs> is yeah. a PowerPoint which gives a presentation of what the options are as well as what they're comparing to. The thing I love the most about this PowerPoint is they say, look, students could be living in this four bedroom dorm, which is just a giant room with bunk yeah. beds and all messy, and they're like, we're doing so much better than that. Just setting the bar really low there. <laughs> <laughs> of like people sharing a studio apartment, basically. Yeah, yeah, just dorm rooms, and they're overpriced, like how expensive dorm rooms are relative to an apartment. They're like, look, we're, we're improving on that. <laughs> That's true. That's good advice for everybody, if you want people to sound reasonable. Just set the bar really oh, low. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just always compare yourself to a college dorm. A college dorm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wherever you are right now, compare it to your college dorm. Or a college Anything or, will be better. A, yeah. Um, great. Uh, yeah, if, if it doesn't have, like, beer stains everywhere or a chair that's going to break if you actually sit in it or uh, somebody's initials carved in the bedpost, yeah. Although it was cool knowing all of my neighbors. That's something that, like, yeah. you know, we live in, like, a large complex. I don't know our neighbors. Right, but, but how, would, I did. how would you feel... If you were randomly assigned a roommate. <laughs> Good <Right>. question. <laughs> Look, you qualify for this housing. Here's your new roommate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that'd be a way to make friends, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's one way to do it. Yeah. Which, and I love my college roommates. That was a great freshman year. That's sophomore. Yeah, well, you, you, yeah, you still talk to them, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, still hang out with them. Um, yeah, that is interesting. Uh, and... I guess, yeah, this doesn't address affordable housing for the city as a whole, it's really just students, but it is nice to see it be a topic on the agenda and clearly a priority for the council. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so <laughs> I think we have something I didn't want to skip past. We have one Alder kind of bring up some interesting questions. Uh, Alder Bennett, and I want to get this as, as faithfully as possible, Alder Bennett was trying to question the, the legal counsel uh, on the meet, during the meeting about whether, I guess about the legality of this and whether they'd be opening themselves up to any lawsuits if a student who was not a student of UW-Madison felt like they would qualify but were not able to because they're not a student of UW-Madison, would they be able to sue them, basically? That seemed to be the question. Oh, like it's a discriminatory housing practice? Yes, yeah, I think that was the, you know, and I... Hmm. Yeah, the question did not make a lot of sense to me at the time. Uh, again, trying to assume good intent, right, of, of that. It, the reason it didn't make sense to me is that it's part of UW-Madison. I guess I wouldn't, if I was going to a different school, I wouldn't assume I have access to UW-Madison programs. Or their dorms. You wouldn't or be able to stay in their dorms, right? Right. The, the question seemed a bit confusing to me. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way, but that makes sense. She was concerned that if an Edwood student somehow got the the housing, would that be, could UW sue? Was that what she was? 
I think it'd be the students suing. Right. Because the apartment complex is saying that, that they can't get the lower cost housing. Mm. I mean, really, this just tells me that we need more lower cost housing options. It, it needs to be solved for people who aren't just UW yeah. students. Yeah. Like, this is a great start, but if we're, if we're worried, like, about other people missing out on an opportunity and feeling justifiably mad about it, then maybe we should also give them those types of opportunities. <laughs> That's true, yeah. What, we, just a recognition that we live in a world where people are probably going to also need this. Yeah. If we're not students. Although, so, like, the, the way that this is working, the way that they're able to give the lower housing is because of a subsidy by the city, right? That was my understanding, that the council, and so, yeah, yeah I could always improve my understanding of the future, but that was my understanding, is that they're having to set aside money, that this isn't just, like, out of the generosity of the developer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I did like this program overall, though, having a developer incorporate some percentage of affordable housing. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's becoming more of a common practice. Slowly but surely. Yeah, this, I, I would be interested in doing more research on this because I've always found this type of thing to be very interesting. Right, and how they arrive at some of these specific numbers too. Yeah, and in like, yeah, is it, how difficult is it for a developer to build low-cost housing or to offer it, you know? I don't know, I think, not mm -hmm. to get too far afield, but. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think, like you said, like, we need to solve that problem for us. Like, if you can make it, the privilege of getting to do whatever the more lucrative housing is, mm -hmm. but to access that privilege, you need to also provide the affordable housing for a certain amount. Mm -hmm. That seems to be some of the arrangements that get put out there. Okay, uh, want to move us along, just looking at our time today. The next general topic were some changes proposed to the Common Council Executive Committee? Yes. So CCEC. CCEC. <laughs> uh, so you got to say that five times fast. <laughs> that is the cutest name yeah. I've heard so far today. So, uh, Sam, you alluded to this earlier. You sounded like you had some opinions on this. What is being proposed with the CCEC as a change? My understanding of this is Alder Furman is proposing that when you refer um, an agenda item or a topic, you don't have to refer it to CCEC, which is the executive committee of the Common Council, so it's a subset of alders, um, where you have the president and vice president, and then maybe additional alders? I think it's like 10, right? So it's a small, it's smaller than the full Common Council, but I think like something like 10 or something. Yeah. Um, but the main argument for this is because when you refer something to CCEC, you also have to refer it to, you'd also refer it to another subcommittee, so if it's finance-related, maybe the finance subcommittee. If it's alcohol-related, the alcohol license subcommittee. Uh -huh. So we have all these subcommittees around this, like, the city, which are um, run by alders and volunteers. And so Furman's proposal is, Alder Furman's proposal is to essentially not have it referred to the CC, C, CCEC also, because that's requiring um, additional public comment, additional staff time, to answer questions hmm. and additional um, community input if, if the topic specifically affects them. So it's, it's an argument that, that makes sense. Um, I don't know what's the right answer. I can, I can see how 
have me go to CCEC makes sense to make sure the elders are more informed. But also it is does put extra burden on staff, does put extra burden on um, community members and public comment. But the interesting thing about this was it is by far the most heated discussion that's come up in a while in the old in the common council. Right. I think Alder Evers said this is one of the most controversial topics that we've they've gotten into. What was what was the argument for keeping the CCEC requirement? I think the main idea is well, the the concern is um, the current president, Alder Abbas, perceives it as taking power away from the executive subcommittee while he's current president of the Common Council. Mm. So mm -hmm. his concern with it is that you're taking control away from him. Uh, that's how I would interpret it, at least. Mm -hmm. It's like, why when he is president versus any of the other times somebody else was president? Yes. Right. And so this has come up quite a few times of Alder Furman trying to make this not personal. <laughs> uh, but the very first time they came up, Alder Boss took it very personally. And then uh, there was some community discussion after this, which just added a flamethrower to this. <laughs> <laughs> I added a flamethrower. So, yeah, the community discussion. So, um, by community, what do we mean? Like, Madison Reddit? Or, like... Um, some people who called into the, the meeting. So, so, some people who called into the meeting. They called in and shared their opinions. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is not background that I'm privy to. So, do you have a, a quick summary of that for us? Um, xenophobic claims were made. Islamophobic claims were made. It, against Alder Furman? Against Alder Furman. Okay. It was so. It was a very oh wow um, strong thing to say for, for yeah. Um, and I and this is one thing where I can I can see why he's proposing this, um, but it was a very strong accusation to made, and it put a strong wedge between some alders, uh, put a lot of alders against each other. So there's kind of this strong divide that's forming within the the common council based on this issue. Right, so yeah, there was definitely some reluctance to get into any of the specifics of what some of those old personal attacks have been in during the meeting, and that would make sense if people don't want to bring up some specific words that are going to be um, alienated people or just uh, kind of force people onto the defensive there. Yeah, and Alder Abbas, um, if you listen to him enough, you, you kind of know that he's a very calm and collective guy, uh -huh. uh, but he was rattled by this proposal, and then I think there's concerns about the way it's gone forward and time has gone forward. So th this has been kind of the most divisive issue, although on its face it seems like an interesting idea to, for efficiency within common council and city government. That did seem to be a theme elsewhere in the meeting of why do we keep referring things over and over to other committees? Why don't mm -hmm. we just deal with them in the council? Mm -hmm. um, about 40 minutes of the discussion from the last common council meeting definitely was them just, at least that, was them arguing about referrals instead of actually doing the business of government. Yeah, and this this topic is to limit the number of referrals, um, but ironically, it was, the motion was to refer it to the next meeting, yeah, <laughs> uh, by Alder Furman, and that was the core argument against it. Why, why are we referring this to, you want your referrals, why are we referring this again? Oh, boy. Um, well, I think they were trying to refer it to an even later meeting, too, right? Yeah, and I don't know, they wanted to refer it to a meeting where they would have 20 alders present to vote on this, mm -hmm. because it's... Um, changes their procedures and their, their rules. I don't know if that was because he didn't have the votes. Right. 
He's like, you know, I just want all twenty dollars because then we, I get the votes. Yeah, right. Or if it was, uh, or if it was actually to you know make it so everyone could vote on this. So I, I'm deeply suspicious of that myself. That was my thought too of like, well, if you had the votes, we're trying. I guess I'm calling myself out here. We're trying to assume good intent on their part. So they. If I, when I look at the email that was in Legistar, uh, the terrible, famous, Oops. infamous website, yeah, uh, in Legistar there's an email from Alder Furman that does seem to lay out a very rational argument for it, uh, for the, the changes to, to do fewer referrals. However, <laughs> that's just one side getting to lay out their version of events mm-hmm. uh, and their, their arguments and not the arguments against. Although, I'd say that's anytime you're in a discussion or debate, take any opportunity you can to be the one who <laughs> proposes the draft, basically, who, like, writes a thing, because then more people are going to read that than your comments about it. In in his proposal, did he, like, lay out a way to preserve the president's executive power? That is one thing that did come up as a suggestion. Um, I forget which alder, but someone did propose an amendment, which would be to have this go into effect next term. Uh, and that was rejected, which makes you question, is there a personal rift going on between those two? Yeah, that's interesting. It seems like a reasonable compromise. Like, I mean, yeah. it's ironic to basically refer to this part, a big part of this change, but then at least everybody who is putting their hat in the ring to run knows, knows what they're putting their hat in the ring to run for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that does make it, does seem like the fair solution. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thanks for breaking that down for us. The last topic that we're going to talk about today, that one that one that deserves some attention too. Uh, so the task force on the structure of city government, hereafter referred to as TFOG. Second cutest name I've heard today. Second cutest name you've heard today. What's the cutest is CCEC. CCEC. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, so the task force on the structure of city government. So I'm going to go into a little bit of the detail. On what it is. So this is a task force that's been working for several years now, uh, commissioned uh, with the general remit to reevaluate our, our, the way our city government is structured. I think if I just go through some of the recommendations, that actually probably gives you a better sense of the scope of what they're responsible for looking at than anything else. So I'm going to launch into the recommendations that this task force made to the Common Council, which I assume can approve these changes, and they probably need a pretty large majority for that. I don't know the exact details on that part of how exactly this can be approved, uh, but it is always a weird situation when a group is going to have to vote on things that would change their own power, potentially. Even if it takes effect for the next election, they're all incumbents and would probably have a very good shot of getting elected again, so it really does affect them still. Uh, so I'll go through these recommendations one by one. Uh, some of the audience members may recognize these from their ballot in the spring because you weighed in on them. So the first recommendation, uh, number one, Madison should transition to a full-time common council. So the idea being that the common council is a, a full-time position. So instead of just part-time squeezed into the margins like it is now, people are going to meetings after their job in the evening uh, just making it so that they are, are full-time employed. They're not trying to squeeze this in on the margins of their life. The second, Madison should reduce the size of the Common Council to 10 members elected concurrently with the mayor. So you would still you would still get to vote 
at the same time you're voting for mayor for your older person, but you'd be probably voting as part of a larger geographic area than you are now. And then the third, Madison should increase common council member pay. I think now they get some kind of stipend that's not a significant amount, but maybe compensates it for the time somewhat. But they should increase the pay to 80% of the area median income for a single parent with two children. So in parentheses here, it says approximately $67,000. So that wouldn't be a ton of money, but that would be uh, enough so that basically this could be accessible to anyone. Any working class person could give up their job to participate in this. So it wouldn't just be limited to retired people and uh, you know, independently wealthy people. Uh, the next, Madison should maintain geographic aldermanic representation. So it still should come from the areas you live in to make sure all people are represented. Uh, the fifth recommendation, Madison should increase aldermanic terms to four years. I believe right now they're two years. So this would make them longer terms. Um, this uh, definitely seems to appeal in the area of for other elected officials, because they're less focused on re-election for a period of the time, and they get more experience as they in the role. But you also have, I guess, theoretically less account accountability for them. Um, next one, Madison should impose term limits of 12 consecutive years. So if they would have four-year terms, but also a max of three of those four-year terms, 12 consecutive years. So I think if you took a break, you could then come back for 12 more years, do a little FPR action there. All right, uh, Madison should increase council leadership terms to two years if the council terms are increased to four years. So now I think you do council leadership for a full year, but this would just keep that in proportion. That one, one, to two, one versus two years right now, this would be two versus four years. So the leadership would also have some time to get established in their position. The eighth recommendation, that any structural changes to the council take place in the election immediately following redistricting. So that is important because that redistricting just happened in November, so they're recommending that they take effect for the upcoming election cycle, which is very close to now. Mm. Uh, and then the final point, that any changes to the size of the council or the terms of its members be made by charter ordinance subject to binding referendum of the electors. So I, what I'm hearing with that, binding referendum of the electors... I guess, is that like a, a vote across the city? That part I'm not clear on at the moment. So I would have to uh, confirm that. Um, open up to my co-hosts, now that I have talked for way longer than I should. Um, anything you wanted to add to those points or recommendations or clarify? I think pretty much all of those got voted down in the last spring election. Oh, did they? I wasn't, I remember seeing it on the ballot, but I didn't follow up to see what happened with them. Yeah, the other thing I loved about it was every alder running got asked this question, what do you think on this? And not one answered it. Really? Yeah, because they said, would you like a $67,000 salary? <laughs> well, that's what they asked it, yeah. <laughs> you know, should you be paid? Should we have smaller government? Oh, I think that's an interesting idea. We'll see what the people say. Mm -hmm. So, it's a very, I mean, it's a, it's a touchy subject for them. It's a touchy subject for everyone. Yeah. I will say, like, I voted to approve the $67,000. Mm -hmm. I think that paying city officials to do a good job doesn't feel like a bad thing. 
And I understand that they'd have to reduce the number of people in order to make that viable. You know, you're not going to be able to pay 20 people that much money if you could do it with 10. And I think that was part of the idea with that was if we're going to increase salary and benefits for all these people, it'd be a lot easier if we did 10 instead of 20 Mm -hmm. um, for the city budget. Um, And plus, if you're doing it full time, potentially have more ability to do outreach in your district as opposed to doing it as a part-time job and trying to do outreach yeah you have a full-time job you're working till you know I'm saying you know, eight to five job yeah you're trying to go and visit your constituents while you also have meetings in the evening that you're responsible for right yeah. how are you how are you supposed to keep up to date and well informed and make a good decision with that amount of pressure and little time and how are you supposed to learn robert's rules of order <laughs> yeah yeah, I, it, it is interesting. There, uh, yeah, some points are, are called out where there's an orientation, I know, for new alders, and it, you're not, I don't think you're necessarily expected to internalize all of Robert's rules of orders, but there are certain points that they really try and hammer home, I think, with that orientation. But it's, it does seem to be a learning process for oh, them yeah. constantly. And I, I remember that in some of the meetings, right, like someone will be talking and it's like, oh, you actually can't talk right now. You have to do some something that sounds very jargony. And, right, you have to pat your head and rub your belly right yeah, now. Right? Right. Yeah, right. And the new elder's like, oh, like, uh. Yeah, right. Yeah, Satya <laughs> does a remarkable job of keeping people within those rules of order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think one of the big things from this meeting was uh, this is another drinking game you should not play. When they called another Alder person by their first name instead of referring to them by their title. Uh. Um, Alder Bennett, Alder Evers, uh, Alder Figueroa Cole? Yes. Okay. Uh, They're referring to them as their first name. Which, I think part of the idea there is that you're much more likely to, like, be throwing out a personal attack if you're yeah. casually by their first name. Yeah. Is that, like, a how to win friends and influence people thing? It's like, Captain Crunchy. Maybe. It's older. <laughs> older Captain Crunch to you. Captain Crunch to you. <laughs> I absolutely. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, you like you y'all said they were voted down. So I have some of those numbers here. Um, so fifty eight percent of the people who voted on the referendum for the salary, the salary proposal, they voted against it. But 42% voted for it, so a good number of people were pretty comfortable with that. And whenever I see results like this, I'm thinking, you know, it wasn't just a a clear-cut thing where they're like, well, is the government asking me if the government can pay itself money? Of course not. You know, that people saw some merit to it, like you said, Mm -hmm. of freeing it up. I just, it makes me wonder, did everybody get this information presented with enough context to understand the intent behind it. And it's just presented as a question to you, and you you really only got there to vote in the presidential election, and then you're, you see this other thing on the ballot, and you're like, what's going on? Right. I feel like they maybe also had too many things that they were trying to change at once. Mm-hmm. Like, if it had just been this, as opposed to this, and changing the term length, and changing other stuff. Like, I wonder if that would have been more successful. Yeah, and I think when they made the referendum, they thought, what's our vision for an ideal mm-hmm. common council makeup and we'll do each individual point as a we want to transform to this um, but it gets risky could do mm-hmm. and it's true some of these points work together like you pointed out with the small shrinking the council and having the budget to pay all these people those work together if one gets voted for one gets voted down yeah your proposal no longer makes sense yeah 
Um, one of the other uh, questions, should the size of the city of Madison Common Council be reduced? Only 16% said we're for that. So most people were not for that. I mean, on face value, it doesn't make sense. Why would I want someone, why would I want less people, less opinions in place, you know? Mm-hmm. But I do think it is tied to the money. Right. Are people suspicious as a power grab? They're not assuming good intent? Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's possible. Um, they were also asked, should the size of the city of Madison Common Council be increased? And only 13% agree with that. So we're just, we're in the Goldilocks situation right now? <laughs> we are, we must be perfect the way it is right now. I, th- this is, the, yeah, this part makes me suspicious too. And probably why they presented some of these figures in this way, in this document in Legistar. It, it, it does on the face of it just show that people are being change averse, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the odds of 20 being the perfect number for a city that has changed in demographics over the years, like, that's very low. People's opinions don't matter, is I think what I'm implying. Like, people are poorly <laughs> informed, right? Like, they're, they're We don't need to vote. <laughs> <laughs> Just do away with the whole, pro- I, whole program. <laughs> I, I see this as an argument against direct democracy. Not that I, I oppose democracy in a general sense, or a representative democracy, but... If you just put individual decisions up to people, they don't have the time to think about those. I see this as an argument for more context, right? Like you were saying, don't just give a people one sentence context on a ballot, right? Like put some flyers up in all of the polling places. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, I think it was the last like local elections, there were flyers up that had like some blurbs about every person you were voting for. And I was like, oh my God, this is genius. <laughs> Me and all the other people who didn't do research ahead of time can now make an informed decision. You know? So it's like, why? What if they had a one pager about the referendums that we're voting? It's like what the League of Women Voters usually puts together and they're distributing it like farmers market. And right. Stuff. But put it in the polling places, you know? Yeah. In the polling places, there might be rules about that. Yeah, maybe. Right outside the pool. Yeah, yeah, in the hallway leading up to the bowling place. Yeah, every with bowling place will have a person with a, a little sign. And a cotton candy stand. Yeah. Uh, Some town crowd. Free cotton candy and an informational... You know what? Crowd. We have those singing telegrams. Put them to work. Put the singing telegram. Yeah, if you're going to employ them for the meetings, you need to also mm-hmm. keep them employed the rest of the time. Uh, right, yeah, I think that's, that's some of the tricky parts of this. Although, yeah, more... I, I would love to see it just... Evidence of the effort put in, yeah. yeah. Even if it's tricky, then there's just no advocates advocates for raising it above twenty, or lowering it below twenty. Like, only, the only people who care about that are the people who are like, my lucky number is twenty one. If we go one more <laughs> higher, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will say the final number: should the size of the, of the city of Madison Common Council remain the same, seventy percent. So for those who keep in score at home. That doesn't quite make sense. There were some people who must have voted... Well, I guess you, you could have some, some people crossing boundary lines here, but it, it feels like it should be higher. The number saying it should stay the same, stay the same if the rate of people saying it, should, saying it should get smaller or larger was so low. What, what does that add up to? Yeah. So it's... So it was... Should the size of the city of Madison Common Council be reduced? 16% in favor. Should the size of the city of Madison Common Council be increased? 
Okay, wait. So oh, okay. this all so adds up. That's pretty good. Yeah. Was this presented as one question to them? Okay. I was really hoping we could identify just a subset of Madisonians who just want to see everything just chaos. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that does only add up to 29, so we are missing 1%. It, it might be a rounding thing, though. Maybe. Or there's a shadow uh, organization of people who don't want anything <laughs> to like happen. That. I like that idea. There's like the 1% shadow council. Yeah. So yeah, I was Chaos misinterpreting council. how this... I thought this was three separate questions. This was your three multiple choices. Okay. I want to see that now. The people who are just like... We can't stay the same. We can't go bigger. We can't go smaller. We gotta burn it. We gotta burn it all down. It should be oscillating between different <laughs> levels throughout the year. Oh yeah, maybe they misinterpreted fire. that. Maybe they wanted something more... Right. These were not an exhaustive set of options. You can just change it at random intervals. It's not like you guys are being both really reasonable, and I don't know if I like that. We need to do a D20 to die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we got one. <laughs> yeah. Crit fail. <laughs> yeah, and they, they had a few other figures in this document about how people voted, but it, it mostly seemed to be people were suspicious of giving people longer terms or longer consecutive terms, too. So people are pretty much against giving to all their people additional power or influence, it seemed. No, no good intent. No good yeah. intent assumed. Yeah, no yeah, good intent absolutely. You guys want our money? Yeah, mm. you want to stay in power forever? Yeah. You want more people? No. <laughs> you are? No. And so we are... You know, well, probably past our intended time, but I want to uh, give each of you a chance to kind of fix the Common Council now. So if you were on the task force uh, on the structure of city government, what would you change? What's one thing? So maybe it's one point in your comprehensive plan. What's one thing you would change? Claire. Uh, uh, singing telegrams. Just kidding. I, I do think that disseminating information in a better way is possible. I feel like right now the only people who know things about the common council are the people who have looked you know so it'd be cool if somehow that information was more publicly available for people who aren't looking for it okay thank you claire mm -hmm. sam um i would go with there's often a long list of things that they approve without any discussion or conflict and they read them out individually as opposed to just as a list. I kind of wish they would just go through the list at once and then say, do we approve this? Yes, no. So liquor licenses are the most common one. Oh, yeah. Organization and say, do we pass? Yes, we pass. Have we ever seen them not pass a liquor license? It's that, if you want to find drama, whenever they don't pass a liquor license, that is the time to listen in. It's a very personal attack, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I, that's part of the consent agenda, right? Like Where they're lumping all these items together and you just have your opportunity to object if you want to have discussion about it individually. Yeah, we have, we're renewing 100 liquor licenses. We're going to say yes to all of these. Do you want to stick, have any of these stick out to talk about it? Mm. Yeah. Do you want to piss off anyone? Any <laughs> enemies going to have for life? Yeah. Do you want to mistake someone's name for a bar and then... <laughs> <laughs> a little throwback to some, some history in there. Yeah. So some deep cuts for the audience out there. Uh, for myself, I would... I don't think this actually makes a ton of sense, but it is what I would want and uh, probably a good reason why I'm not in charge. But I would just want to try some things for set amounts of time and then be willing to, to change it later. So for example, if they're debating on do we want to go down to 10 people or make the council even bigger, 
do want to like commit to do one election cycle where it's uh, smaller, a smaller council, then do one immediately after that where it's a larger council, and then we could debate from there. I'd say I guess it's tricky like which one comes first because then that is the group that gets to make the final decision I suppose, but then we'd be making a more informed decision about what's actually better or not. Right now we're speculating. We haven't seen it in action. How is anybody speaking authoritatively about what is or isn't going to work? So that's my two cents there. Any parting thoughts from my co-host before we wrap up for today? It's a good first podcast. Sam, your wig looks really itchy. You're, I'm excited to take it off. <laughs> I also prepared by not bathing for oh, good. a few days. Very realistic. Yeah, for yourself in the minds of our, our, our founding fathers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, well, this has been the Uncommon Council. I'm one of your hosts, Ben Sidesticker, and uh, I have been joined today by Claire Canapel and Sam West, and we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next time. Good night. <laughs>